And we're back. One more segment on this here episode of Inside Black and Gold, and we will be going into the mailbag. I'm Jeff Nowak, coming at you solo on this here episode. And the first question we'll get to Elite Goods LLC is Gumbo the mascot still around? As far as I know, I don't think he's been adopted uh, by any other any other mascot. I believe Gumbo's the dog, right? Unless my memory is failing me. And if so, yes, I think Gumbo the dog is still around. Uh, Sir Saint is the other one. He's he's still around as well. They, they, they wander around. They have a good time. But yes, Gumbo is still around. That's not the... Uh, that's not the question we need to get into. Let's start with Alvin Kamara so we can just continue to, to move on from that. Says Yellow Nose says it's entirely possible that AK doesn't get a suspension until next season, but that chance is minuscule at best. I disagree. With what has happened over the last 24 hours, the idea that he won't get suspended this season has dried up entirely. There was a chance if this all dragged out forever and you got into like week 12 before any type of decision was handed down, then yes, you could have gotten into a scenario where maybe he does push it off an entire another season. Just like last year, we were spent the entire season talking about, well, maybe he won't get suspended until next season. That's not going to be the case this year. I think the NFL is very motivated to just get out from the – specter of this situation i'm just going to get it handled there's not a ton of gray area in what they're going to be trying to do and i think they're going to give him whatever suspension they feel is merited it's going to happen quickly we're going to know before the start of the regular season i wouldn't be surprised if it if we know the suspension prior to the start of training camp genuinely i think they the nfl is going to be motivated to try to get it done but i disagree with this completely there was zero chance that alvin does not get suspended this season jerry g this isn't really a question but he says, Falcons fans are big mad. And I think, yes, if you go around the NFC South, if you want to troll around Twitter for a little while and find the Alvin Kamara hate threads, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of disappointed NFC South fans, not in New Orleans, because they probably were hoping that they would be done seeing Alvin Kamara. Complete aside, if you follow the NFL on Twitter, one thing they decided to do yesterday was tweet the entire Super Bowl Patriots Falcons 28 to 3. They just decided to do that. They, they just said, "Hey, let's go for it." So if you're a Falcons fan seeing that, it's just I mean, if you're not triggered, if you're a Falcons fan and you are not triggered by that game, there's something wrong with you. I don't think you're actually a Falcons fan because if that happened to my team anytime that game show, it's like the the NFC Championship. If they had decided to put the NFC Championship game from 2018 on Twitter, the entire game, it'd have been like, this is a direct assault on me personally as a Saints fan. And the, the NFL just said, yeah, Falcons fans, you take it. That's So the Saints aren't the only team that likes to give it to Falcons fans. Sorry, there's a there's a dog in here. I am fostering fostering a dog. His name's Bailey. If anyone wants to adopt a dog, she's a good girl. She's right here. Bailey, Bailey, Bailey. This is how she likes to she likes to hang out. She just likes to jump up and sit on my lap. Anyway, she's gonna hang out for a little bit, and we're gonna we're gonna t- we're gonna keep going. Please don't bark on the microphone. People listening will not appreciate that. There's KD. Another question here it says: If the suspension is more than six games, would we carry an extra running back to compensate? And what does that mean? 
for the wide receiver room. I don't. So you have Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller, right? I think that does pretty much do get, get you where you need to be from a running back perspective, assuming everybody is healthy. Now that's the question. If someone goes down in the middle of a game, what do you do? But Taysom Hill's existence and the ability to lean on him in the running game, if you need to, makes this equation a lot easier to figure out. And so I think that a guy like Kirk Merritt is intriguing, right? If you trust him as a wide receiver and as a running back, then that means that you don't have to get creative with the numbers in terms of just having enough bodies should something weird happen. We're going to see. You know, Benjamin is around. I I think he's going to have an uphill climb to try to make this roster. But, you know, I think he is an intriguing guy. They brought him in for a reason. They kept him around for a reason. So we'll have to see. But I, I think that you're you're not going to make any crazy decisions because Alvin is going to get suspended. I think it, but again, I think it does make it a little easier to keep Kirk Merritt on the roster. And so I'm rooting, I'm rooting for uh, the Destrahan kit. Another one from KD. We'll just go down the list of KD questions. Any updates on the kicking competition? I mean, no, technically, not really. You you have a situation where Will Lutz is 100% going to be in a competition with Blake Groupie throughout training camp. Now, I think Will Lutz has looked fine. I, I don't have any issue with how Will Lutz has kicked. I have issue with how Will Lutz has kicked in games, in and not even in the pressure moments, right? Like, I still haven't seen him miss big kicks per se. I have seen him miss easy kicks. I have seen him miss low-pressure kicks. Well, I saw him make a kick in London from 61 yards, right? Like, he can, he still has the leg. It's the consistency that I worry about. And okay, time time to get down, Bailey. You're a good girl. Okay. Okay. Time to get down. There you go. Anyway, moving on. If anyone wants to adopt a dog, right here. Let me know. She's a good girl. Okay. So yeah, I don't I don't see it being a situation where Will Lutz is gonna be like, man, I'm getting I'm losing my job to this guy, even though I'm kicking well. Right? If if Will Lutz looks even like a shade of himself, he's gonna win that job. The question is. Is he himself? When you get into the preseason games, does he look right? I think that Blake Groupie is a guy, if you can keep him around, maybe stash him on the practice squad, maybe hide him the way that they hit Blake Gillikin. And then you get into like week three or four. And if Will Lutz is not hacking it, then you can maybe turn to him. But, you know, I don't think that this team is dying to, to shift to a rookie kicker for any purpose other than, man, Will just does not have it in him anymore. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, there hasn't been really any updates. We're going to continue to watch it. It's really not going to be something that you're going to be able to see and be like, oh, okay, yeah, he's he's head and shoulders above. I think if you're groupie, your goal in this competition is not even necessarily to beat Will Lutz. It's to show, just like Will Lutz did when he was up in Baltimore behind Justin Tucker, it's to show that you can be an NFL kicker, that you have it, and that other team should be on alert for you, right? I don't think the Saints would have any issue if Will Lutz was like, yeah, I'm that dude still. Don't worry about it. And then another team came in and and pilfered him just like the Saints did to the Ravens because that's just how it works. But yeah, I'm I'm not worried about Will Lutz, but it's going to be something to watch, right? Training camp's a long slog, and it'll just be something to keep everyone interested. Um, There's also Jerry says, Amy Dash sounds like Matty Hudak. I disagree with that. I've heard them both. I don't think they sound that similar. 
but maybe their mannerisms. Maybe if you put them side by side, and it could it could it could happen. I'm always down for a Water Boy reference. That's high quality H two O. Let's do it. Katie again says, "I'm hope I hope it's four games. I'm trying to see him in New England. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's going to be interesting. And you know, I, I I say you know the Saints could ultimately benefit from this from a health perspective, but man, this is going to be a very frustrating season to watch if Jamal Williams just doesn't hack it. Kendra Miller is a rookie and plays like a rookie, and the Saints start one in five." because they don't have Alvin out there in the offense bogs down. It's going to be really frustrating if this time next year we look back and say, man, that suspension changed the season. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully it is four or three games. Hopefully Saints can get it done without him, but we will never know until we get there. So yes, Bailey, Bailey is a good girl. I do need to. I need to do need to send out some tweets. My, I did have a dog that that passed away about two months ago in April. Um, so I got. I was lonely without a dog in the house. So we started fostering, um, and this is the first one that that we've gotten. Anyway, KD says he's triggered triggered by the Minneapolis miracle. Yeah, there's a there's a few games that you could point to and being like, please never show me that ever again. You know, <laughs> um, it, it's it's it is like that. I remember. It's not really the same, but I remember when I was growing up in in New England as a Giants fan, the game that always I had to turn off was uh, it was the Miracle at the Meadowlands Part 2. And it was Deshaun Jackson fumbling a kick. It was the Giants and the Eagles in the last second. Matt Dodge was the was the punter. Why I remember that. A guy I don't think who punted ever again. Uh, he decided in his infinite wisdom with no time left on the clock to kick it inbounds to Deshaun freaking Jackson. And he returned it for a touchdown as time expired. And one of the reasons that game is so fascinating to me is if that didn't happen and the Giants win that game, the Packers don't make the playoffs. And that was the year the Packers went and won a won the Super Bowl as a wild card. So, <laughs> I mean, this is completely random, but I just find it hilarious. The reason the Packers won the Super Bowl, the reason that Aaron Rodgers has his one Super Bowl title is because the the Giants could not punt the ball out of bounds against the Eagles, and it gave Aaron Rodgers life. And it's just that's the margin. That's that close, right? If the Saints don't come down with half the roster having COVID against the Dolphins on Monday Night Football, they probably make the playoffs. And maybe we're looking at a, a magical playoff run there. Instead, you have this crazy fourth quarter collapse by the Rams that keeps the Saints. Anyway, that's the NFL in a nutshell. It's just trying to ruin your day at, at so many at so many opportunities. Here's a good question. Which quarterback are you most scared of facing this year? I say Jordan Love will be the best QB we face. So he's going to be starting for the Packers. You, you have a lot of rookies that you could end up seeing, right? Bryce Young, who knows? You might see him week two. I still kind of feel like Andy Dalton's going to be the starter. But when you're talking about the number one overall pick, there is a lot of pressure to put him out there. And so, sure, so you could end up seeing four or five young quarterbacks, Jordan Love in his third career start. In Carolina, you could see Bryce Young. You're not going to see Will Levis against Tennessee, obviously, unless something crazy happens. Tampa Bay, you probably see Kyle Trask. Actually, no, you'll probably see Baker Mayfield. Either way, I don't care. Desmond Ritter, miss me with that. I, I don't understand the, the fascination. This So Houston, that's the one I was confusing with. Oh, no, you do play the Bears. So you will face Justin Fields. Houston, you could end up facing C.J. Stroud. 
I don't know. But I would say of all the quarterbacks you're facing that I think the Saints will have a very difficult time matching up with, it's going to be Justin Fields. For the same reason, they had a really difficult time matching up with Lamar Jackson last year. Justin Fields, as a runner, he might be in the top 10 of the NFL. Not just as running quarterbacks, just as a runner of the football. That includes running backs. It's the same way you look at Taysom Hill and say, you know, he's probably a top 20 running back in the NFL. The difference is Justin Fields has the ball in his hands on every play. I think a lot of people would look at you and say, you know, Justin Fields and Taysom Hill are very similar players. But I think the Saints would have a hard time stopping Taysom Hill when it all comes down to it. Because that's just the type of quarterback they struggle against. Someone who's going to look to run at every opportunity. So I'd say him, you know, Anthony Richardson is another guy. You know, there's, there's this idea the Saints have struggled against rookie quarterbacks. It's not actually true over the last 10 years or so. But I do think that he's a guy the Saints would struggle against. I still think they would beat him, though. Like, that's the thing. If he ended up starting, I think that you would be able to put him in a position where he would struggle as a rookie and you could fool him in a lot of instances. Justin Fields in year three, I think he reaches that point where he knows enough, he's ready, and also does stuff that you can't defend as the Saints. So he would be the guy that if you're looking at games on this list and saying, man, this is going to be a tough matchup for the Saints in a game that otherwise they should win, in a game that they will be favored in most facets and still lose because of that kind of X factor of the quarterback, I think it's probably week nine against the Bears. But that's a good question. Thanks for that. Thank you, Louise. Yeah, we, we miss it was Zuma. His name was Zuma. He was a good boy. Died of old age, you know. I've always said that if, you know, as a, as a dog owner, <laughs> if you get to a point where you can be tragically upset because your dog died of old age, then you probably won. Right. And I was like, you get a dog. I think it's a Jim Gaffigan bit. It's or no, it's a Mark Marin bit, which is like, it's like you get a dog. It's like, I'm going to have to kill this thing someday. <laughs> it's, it's inevitable. So it's like, if you, if you can get to a point where you can be upset that, you know, it's not like you didn't run out into traffic or anything, just got sick, you know, all you can do. But all right, on that, on that super upbeat note of, of dog mortality, I think, I think that's all we have. Gumbo is the only dog. That will never go away. He will be there forever. And the Saints will more than happy uh, say good boy. All right. This has been Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. Thanks, everyone who watched. Thanks, everyone who left a comment. I always appreciate the listeners, the viewers. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. You can follow Steve Geller on Twitter at Steve Geller WWL. We are getting back into training camp mode. I am very excited to have real things to talk about again I, I get it. People want podcasts over the offseason, but man, it gets repetitive. I want to watch football. I want to talk about football. I am so tired of talking about suspensions and power rankings and all this and giving you grades. You know, I appreciate all the feedback on the position grades from the last episode or two episodes ago, whenever it was. It was kind of the first time I had decided to do that. And I think I've uncovered a few kind of tweaks that I can make. I probably did overvalue the playoff experience to some extent. I had, I think if I do that again next year, I'll adjust the values on some stuff and maybe playoff experience tops out at a five, whereas other things top out at a 10. You know, I think that's probably a good way to balance it, but you know, this is the, this is where you try stuff. And I thought it was interesting content. I think people also felt it was interesting content, even if they disagreed with it. Um, but yeah, so I think that's something I'll probably try to bring back next year, maybe even later this off season, 
with an update and maybe move some stuff around. Um, but yeah, I appreciate all the feedback on that. It was a fun episode to do, even if you think I'm wrong and you think Derek Carr is the best playoff quarterback of all time. I will say that there was some 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 feedback on there that's like, if you're going to argue with me that Derek Carr is not a question mark when it gets to the postseason, I don't know what you want me to say. Can he be successful there? Absolutely. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look at it and be like, well, he he did play pretty well in a in a high pressure regular season game to get to the postseason. No, playoff success is playoff success. I'm not. You're, there's nothing transferable about Week 18. You know, it, it's you just gotta have to figure it out from where it is. But I will say that the idea that not having success in the playoffs means you can't succeed in the playoffs is wrong. I mean, look at Eli Manning. I think Eli Manning is the best example of a guy who just got hot at the right time. You know, like those two playoff runs were great. If you look at the rest of his playoff resume, it's ugly. I think he had three first round exits and then he had two where he went in as a wild card and you know, they went all the way and they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, right? So it's not always about, okay, this consistency thing. Drew Brees had as much playoff experience as anybody and never got back to the Super Bowl. I know not necessarily hit completely his fault. I get it. Don't don't jump to my throat. Like Aaron Rodgers is a better example. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if there's anybody active in the NFL who has more playoff experience than Aaron Rodgers. And you look at him every year, he gets to the NFC Championship and just gets blown out. Not every year, but every time he does. And he's just like, what? What happened? Aren't you supposed to be good at this? Isn't this supposed to be your thing? So I get it. I understand why people got a little peeved about how much I was valuing playoff experience. But either way, you know, live and learn. Dennis Allen as the head coach in year two. Big question. I agree with that. Uh, never been to the playoffs either. I, I think that's honestly, yeah, you look at it and you say, okay, what, what am I more concerned about than Derek Carr, Dennis Allen in the postseason if he ever gets there? But that's a bridge that I will happily cross if, if a Dennis Allen team ever gets to the postseason because this is going to be the first year that I'm on the sidelines. And so I very much want them to go to the playoffs because I want to experience a playoff atmosphere on the sidelines. But all right, y'all, I'm going to wrap it up there. Thanks, everyone, for listening. It's been a lot of fun. As always, this is Inside Black and Gold. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. Hit me up on Twitter at Jeff underscore Noak. Let us know what you want to see, what you want to see more of. Follow the show on Twitter at Saints underscore pod. And until the next time, who dat? Be easy, y'all. Peace.